Wednesday Night Wallop presents. Hello, this is Rylan, the computer boy. Thank you for joining. Rylan Turner's Morning Sports Report. So, the computer is crazy! Crazy, I say! Sports fans, Ryland Turner here for, I guess, part two of the season finale of Ryland's Morning Sports Report. Christian Joseph is back, and Christian, we just spent the last episode spending four hours with your brother nearly talking the NFL season that was. We are going to get into the NFL playoffs that were, as well as the Super Bowl predictions. Uh, This isn't going to go four hours, I don't think, Christian. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back, Rylan. It is uh, an honor to be here, just like it's an honor for the Chiefs and Eagles, I'm sure for them at least, to be playing in the Super Bowl. The exact same. No, there's absolutely no difference between me recording this podcast and them playing the Super Bowl. (laughs) All that being said, Christian, uh, we shouldn't waste any time. Let's get right into it. Uh, Why don't we start with Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a team that last year they had an Urban Meyer problem, and this year it looks as if we are uh, that those problems are all, all but solved. Uh, while they didn't have the deepest playoff run that I'm sure they wanted, um, certainly I think that they uh, overachieved, uh, and Trevor Lawrence was found to not be broken. Um, Jacksonville, this playoffs. were so far above and beyond what they should have been after the first half of football that they played against the Chargers. Uh, that I, I think this is a miracle that they made it this far, but not in like an unsustainable miracle way. It's just that it's showing what they're doing as a team is working. Uh, congratulations to Jacksonville for going way deeper than they probably ought to have. Uh, and on beating the Chargers in one of the funniest games I've ever seen. The Chargers truly chargered in that moment. And that's the only way to describe that collapse. But Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions in the first quarter and a half and then coming back and putting up a 31-point comeback. Being down 27 nothing, winning 31-30. Truly incredible. Absolutely, uh, which led them to a, uh, a roadblock. Uh, but we, before we get there, let's get into the next game, Christian. Uh, the, the next game being... Of the wild card, of the wild card. Oh, of the wild card. Uh, Buffalo and Miami was a... I get it, it was one of those tale of two halves kind of games. Like, Buffalo was up so much to start, and then... The Dolphins kind of clawed their way back with Skylar Thompson at the helm. It was the weirdest thing. Like, he didn't play well, but then neither did Buffalo. Josh Allen 
threw two interceptions. Yeah, he threw three touchdowns, but he threw two interceptions. They only eked out that win 34-31 by the skin of their teeth, and really it felt like if Tua was healthy, that could have been a very different ending where Buffett's eliminated in the wild card round as opposed to uh, going any deeper and going up against the Bengals. Ravens Bengals uh again it was I the AFC had very weird wild card things happening. Uh every game was close. Uh of course Jacksonville's game was the closest. Uh the Bills eke out a 3-point win, Jaguars eke out a 1-point win. The Bengals if you look at the score it's a 7-point win over the Ravens, which you know a score and an extra point sure. But if you watched the game, Tyler Huntley had a drive to tie the game where a fumble kind of ruined everything. And it was unfortunate it happened, but, like, he played well. He played really well. He played well enough where a bunch of the talking heads later on were saying, is Lamar Jackson necessary? Uh, they can stop and shut up and... uh do some real sports reporting because Lamar Jackson is necessary for that team. It's built around him and he's, you know, not so far removed from a unanimous MVP. It's just that Huntley came in and looked like a capable backup, uh, which was something that they needed with Lamar being out. And the Bengals barely won that game. But that be uh, moving over to the NFC, we had, (laughs) Well, I guess we should say that Kansas City obviously uh, ranked first in the AFC, so they had a bye week. Uh, and so did Eagles, in the NFC. That's what I was going to say. Philadelphia had a bye week in, in uh, the NFC. We had a wild card of the Cowboys against the Buccaneers, which I think really that game cemented the year that was for Tom Brady. The Buccaneers were frauds this year, uh, to borrow uh, uh, Kyle's turn of phrase from from the season podcast. They were frauds. They were, you know, Brady was on his last legs. He played well, but that team. Yeah, that's one thing I can't I can't take away from Brady is, given all the troubles that that team had this year, he, as a forty five year old man, went above and beyond and still performed very well. I, I guess the thing is, though, for me, is that, yeah, he played well, but that was because, like, or his numbers were good. I should say that. His numbers were good. But the fact of the matter is that they had three wins this year where they barely squeaked out at the last second final drive comebacks against the Saints, the Rams. Like, you can't the, – the, the Falcons was a close game. These – Teams that were bottom feeders in the NFL, barely, barely, barely beating them. And it just wasn't like you could, I, everybody knew going into it, you know, that the Cowboys were just a more complete, better team. It wasn't going to be close and it wasn't. It was a nice, you know, I will say it's a swan song for Brady and Knowing that he's hopefully retired for good now um, would be nice. Uh, It's unfortunate they lost, you know, as badly as they did, and he didn't play well in that game. But at the same time, as you said, he's 45. uh, And 
Father Time catches up. Eventually. Eventually. Time always wins, and with Brady, it feels like this is his time to step off the field, go into the broadcasting booth, and be successful there. And we all know he will be, too. That's the big thing about Brady, is with a guy with such a storied career, this guy's going to transition over, and maybe he doesn't have the personality of, like, a a Manning cast crew, but that's something that you learn over time as well. I, I I feel the same way about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can he can you know drift off and, and and you know start his own very strange podcast, um, and I'm sure be successful with it. Um, but moving forward, Christian, uh, the Giants and the Vikings. This was the most exposing game I think in the entire Wild Card Weekend. Um, of the Vikings were just not actually that good. They had highlight pieces. TJ Hawkinson, great at tight end. Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the NFL, it looks like. Just pound for pound the best receiver. Can go up and do everything. Can burn guys, have so much separation. He played fine. The Giants, uh, the, the, my, you know, the Dark Horse Giants, uh, really impressed with what they did. Um, but they really just, like, the biggest function that the Giants had this playoffs was exposing Minnesota for what it was. Uh, the team that, you know, they went, I think it was 11 and 0 this year in, in one score games, which is almost you know, according to sports and, and, and the NFL, like just historically an impossibility, they won every close game. They had a few that were especially close and un- like unfortunate for the other team that Minnesota won. The Buffalo game sticks out, especially in my mind, that overtime win. Uh, but New York, Saquon looks real, like looks good. Uh, please don't pay Daniel Jones. And then the the biggest takeaway from this game is that Kirk Cousins is always still going to be Kirk Cousins. And that made me sad. He looked like he might have been different this year after that Buffalo game that I keep bringing up. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't throw it short of the sticks on fourth down when you're not going to get another possession in the game. You can't do that. You throw a three-yard pass on a fourth and eight. That's just not. That's that's exactly where the Vikings finished this year and how it ended. That's going to be every year if you don't have Kirk Cousins, who again put up good stats. If you don't have him, like kind of balls up and make take a risk and make a mistake. It's better than throwing it, like checking it down and not making it to the the sticks and not moving on because of that. Like they lost that game because of that decision. And I don't know if that's ever going to be redeemable in my mind. Yeah, that's really fair. Seahawks and the 49ers. This game went exactly how I thought this game was going to go. The first little bit of it, not necessarily, but like, you know, props to Gino. He played well. He, you know, or, well, he played well this season. And then the 49ers were just a juggernaut. 
there's not much that you can do against a team that had a historically good defense and, you know, Brock Purdy stepped into that system. They had dangerous stuff on offense. Brock Purdy stepped into that system and played his heart out. He played really well in his first playoff game. That wild card round, all right, you know, 41-23 is a respectable put up for that, that San Fran offense. And the fact that um, Seattle put up 23 points against a division rival in the playoff game that they were very outmatched against respect to the Seahawks again for, you know, being predicted as a bottom feeder team this year and playing well above their, their pay grade Uh, respect to them. But the 49ers did exactly what we thought the 49ers were going to do with this game. Moving on to the second round of the playoffs, we're going to jump back to the ASC, the Jaguars and the Chiefs. This is one of the scariest looking injuries. I, I know that we can talk about, you know, the Chiefs won, and it was a, this is one of the scariest looking injuries, uh, in terms of like where he got up and was able to come back into the game. I, uh, saw it happen. They showed it on replay. I shut my TV off. Uh, watch somebody's knee go onto somebody's ankle and just his leg bend that way. Pat Mahomes is a superhero. But like, not like a, not like a Superman superhero, like a Watchman superhero, where it's really gritty and like adult and dark. You, you, he's playing on a high ankle sprain for the rest of the game after, you know, Chad Henney leads a 98-yard touchdown. That was such an impressive thing. And Jacksonville put up a fight in this game. Yeah, for it to only be a one-score final score, 27-20 is respectable, especially against that defense that the Chiefs were putting up uh, in playoffs, uh, this being their first game. You know, that line is terrifying on the Chiefs, led by Chris Jones. You have Frank Clark on there. Jacksonville put up a respectable shot at that win. I know it didn't work out for them, but you know what? Kudos to them. Again, they had a, a, one of the best turnaround seasons I've ever seen, making the divisional round of the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence is a real one. I'm so glad that Urban Meyer is gone, uh, except for one thing, that I cannot clown the Jacksonville Jaguars anymore because they look legitimate. And I hope that this rise continues for them. I want them back fighting for these kinds of games again in the next, you know, five to ten years. The Bengals and the Bills. Battle of the Bees. Uh, this is that Week 17 rematch played in a different stadium. It was snowing like crazy in Buffalo. Uh, and this game was, I think, for me at least, what I expected the Bengals to do against the Ravens the week before. They just put it up on them. The The Bills, it felt like, had no chance the entire game. 17-point loss is kind of embarrassing in your home stadium, especially with DeMar Hamlin there after the injury that he sustained in the Week 17 game. 
They got trounced. Josh Allen looked bad. Joe Burrow looked incredible. It wasn't close. It didn't feel close. It was one of those, I'm going to turn this off in the third quarter because that's it. Um, and it, it really showed, like, the Bengals are really, really good and are being led by a really, really good quarterback, some good wide receivers. They have everything to right now to be making these kinds of runs into the playoffs. They were very obviously a Super Bowl team last year uh, and, and you know, took out the juggernaut Chiefs in the uh, AFC Championship. But they looked just as good in this game as they did last year when they made their Super Bowl run. And that was a scary Bengals team to be going up against. Agreed, agreed. Uh, moving back over to the NFC, the Giants and the well-rested Eagles. Everybody was worried about Jalen Hurts' shoulder. He sprained his shoulder. He was out for a few weeks. He was, you know, Gardner Minshew lost a couple of games, one of which was a close game uh, against the Cowboys. Um, and everybody was worried about uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, he came back in, in week 18 and looked not great. In all honesty, uh, like he looked fine, but he didn't look, you know, the, the Eagles didn't beat a resting Giants team by that much when they were playing their starters. And, and then I don't know what Nick Sirianni did, what he said to this team when they were in the locker room, but 38 seven, my goodness, that is just, that's just mean. That's just mean. I don't have anything else to say about that, really. Like, again, congratulations, Giants, on on making it this far. Kudos, applause line, you know, happy for you. I hope you pay Saquon. I hope you don't pay Daniel Jones. 38-7. Brian Dayball, you did as much as you could, but this Eagles team looked at this point unstoppable. Certainly. They, they, out of all the teams in the league, this, this team, I think, uh, achieved uh, more than, than any, anyone in, on, in both uh, divisions. Um, or both conferences. Um, the, the Cowboys and the 49ers, the, the matchup of the 90s was rehashed in 2023 and it was quite a game. It was quite a game, but for different reasons. Now, I, I we talked a lot about Tom Brady uh, when we were talking about the wild card round, and I do want to mention about the Cowboys. Y'all made it to the divisional round yet again, and it just like this team. I don't know. Well, no, we know what we know what the issue is. Mike McCarthy is not the coach that you need to make it to a conference championship to make it to a Super Bowl. This team has the talent. They have a good quarterback. They have a good receiving core. They have a great defense. They have a dual threat at running back uh, in in Pollard and, and Elliott. They look like they have they, – they do the Cowboys thing every year where they look like they're good. Like they were they're really good during the regular season. They had a shot at being number one in the conference up until the Eagles won that 
that last game and they lost last game week 18 and then they go and they trounce the the Buccaneers 31-14 in the wild card round and then they just lay an egg in this 49ers game like putting up 12 points is kind of embarrassing. It, like, you know, and also, you can't miss that many kicks, my guy. Like, Brett Maher, I mean, in the, in the, in the Buccaneers game, I should say. Uh, also, in this game, he missed his extra point. That's embarrassing. You can't miss five extra points in, in, in a playoffs. That's when you're only playing two games. That's that's bad. But it's, you know, the 49ers, again, they defensively, they held Dallas to 12 points. Dallas, good good offensive team, high-scoring team. Uh, and Brock Purdy had a bad game, or like a mediocre game at least. It wasn't up to his, his what he had been doing for the past several weeks. Uh, but... The Niners were just better. Barely. They won, you know, by a one-score game, but putting up 19 points really doesn't look that great when you're a high-flying offense that put up 41 the week before. Um, I wasn't worried about San Fran at this point. I thought that they were up against a juggernaut Eagles team when it came to the conference championship, but it was an interesting uh, thought process to go through to see these two very stalwartly defensive teams go up against each other in the conference championship. I was very excited about this game that was coming up, um, and it looked like it was going to be a good one. Uh, the the Niners-Cowboys game didn't look like it was fun. Um It looked kind of painful to go through watching the game, so I was kind of glad to see it end. I, I also do love clowning on Jerry Jones because he will not get another Super Bowl for that Cowboys team. But it was, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a game where it was like, okay, the, the result is what I expected. I wish it was more entertaining. Totally fair. Totally fair. Moving back over to the AFC, Kansas City Chiefs played the uh, Cincinnati Bengals in the conference finals of this, uh, I guess, playoff run. Another game that was oh, neck and neck this entire time. This game was so good. This game was so good. Um, again, Patrick Mahomes is a superhero. The third quarter was the first time where you watched him hobble. The last play of the game, he very obviously hurt himself or got hurt. That ankle, I have no idea how he's going to play in the Super Bowl, but this game was so good. The only thing, the only thing that I have to say about this game that I found to be very interesting was Joe Burrow looked human. Right. And I think the reason Joe Burrow looked human, he got sacked five times. 
three times in the first quarter. Joe Burrow doesn't take sacks. He gets rid of the ball. He does stuff to not take sacks, and he got knocked down a lot. That KC defensive line really put pressure on him. Um, and it was, but this game was good from start to finish. It was interesting. There looked like there was going to be a comeback. The Chiefs shot it down. It was fun. The last drive, they, they get the sack on third down. The, the, the punt happens. Sky Moore returns it all the way to midfield. Mahomes takes off with not enough time to do much of anything. Gets the first down, try to step out of bounds. And so at the end of that game, Joseph Osai, let's remember this Bengals player is a rookie. And it's a sad, sad state of affairs that uh, that happened. But he's 22 defensive end for a Bengals team that was looking good in this game. He pushed Mahomes at the wrong time as Mahomes is already out of bounds and already injured Patrick Mahomes. You're going to get flagged on that automatically. Like, I get why they called it like that. Harrison Butker kicks the field goal for a last-second win. That was a fantastic game. It was incredible to watch. I was so, so, so impressed with both teams Uh, it wasn't as high scoring as you know everybody thought it would be but man oh man was this one of the better games of football that I watched all season yeah this game this matchup was it's one of the only full football football games I was paying attention to and honestly like as a Chiefs fan it was hard to um it, it, it was hard to really watch because I mean even even in um, winning this game, it is a nerve-wracking Super Bowl. But let's get to the other half of the Super Bowl. We did mention it off the top of the show. Um, San Fran played the Eagles in the conference finals of the NFC. This game was the exact opposite of that chiefs Man game. This game made me sad, not because it was a blowout, which it was, but because it didn't feel like a game. The Eagles won, and they won fair and square, and respect to them. Um, The reason this game made me sad is Brock Purdy didn't turn into a pumpkin, didn't become, you know, Mr. Irrelevant by throwing interceptions and taking bad sacks and, and fumbling the ball. He tore his UCL. He needs Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out for probably close to a year with an injury on one of the first plays of offense on, of the game for, for San Francisco. He gets sacked and tears his UCL. That's devastating. Josh Johnson comes in, who is like the journeyman of journeymen. Has a couple of series where he's he's, you know... Take the ball. They get a touchdown. McCaffrey runs a really beautiful running play into the end zone. And it's close. It's tied. It looks like it's going to be okay. And then uh, Josh Johnson takes a 
football off the helmet. Uh, you know, like he fumbles the ball, hands off his helmet, couldn't quite tell what it hit there. Uh, and then the Eagles start to run away with it. And then Josh Johnson gets a concussion shortly thereafter. And I like to, you know, watch highlights from games and things like that, even if I've watched them. I like to watch the highlights, I like to watch the super cuts of things, and I like to listen to the NFL mic ups. And listening to the 49ers players realize that they don't have a quarterback and them having to send Brock Purdy back into the game knowing that he can't throw a ball. Like, the trainers have tried to rule him out for the game and he literally has to go in because they don't have anybody else. Eagles are already up at that point. It was one of those things where I was like, call the game. Like, that's... There's nothing you can do. Like, there was no... it, It went to no chance of the Niners coming back. And I know that they played hard. And I did mention uh, in the last cast, uh, Trent Williams, don't throw people around when you're upset. Respect to him as a player. He's a a fantastic lineman. But, like, this game just made me sad. It must have been extremely frustrating for the Niners. It must have been honestly upsetting for the Eagles because it didn't feel like they got challenged in this because of the fact that injuries – in this league play major roles in team seasons, the way that it ended for the Niners season was upsetting. Uh, Kudos to the Eagles for winning 31 to seven Hertz played well, everybody, you know, he ran the ball. Well, the Niners ran the ball well, but this wasn't a game. This was, this was like a, a, a bad joke. (laughs) Certainly. Uh, Christian, that leads us into the game that has yet to be played tonight's Super Bowl. Firstly, how excited are you for the halftime show? We've got Rihanna performing, and uh, it's, it's a, it's you know, certainly the Super Bowl halftime show has been a big deal for a long time, but uh, in the last, I'd say, 10 to 15 years, they've always tried to make us a big deal. Rihanna's a, an incredible performer. How do you think she's going to uh, fare at the halftime show? This is, like, Rihanna is uh, one of my favorite artists. Love Rihanna. Uh, She's back into making music, which is fantastic. Super excited about that. Uh, Incredible showman. Um, This feels like the Super Bowl, that that, uh, Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl, where it was Coldplay was the Super Bowl halftime show but it was actually Bruno Mars and Beyonce coming out and doing the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, and the reason it feels like that is because last year we had Dre and Eminem and Kendrick Lamar and Mary J. Blige and 50 Cent. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. And this year we got Rihanna. And I love Rihanna. Don't get me wrong. I will not, absolutely not, diss Rihanna because Rihanna is absolutely incredible. But kind of star power last year, and then this year it's just Rihanna, feels like a disservice to Rihanna. Feels like a big win for the Super Bowl, don't get me wrong, but it feels like a disservice to Rihanna. That's that's totally fair. Um, Let's get into the actual game, the Eagles and the Chiefs. A banged-up Chiefs team makes me real nervous for my boys. 
Can Patty Mahomes overcome the juggernaut that has been this Eagles team and Jalen Hurts, who has been arguably uh, MVP caliber quarterback this year? Here's the thing. I've got a little bit of analysis uh, on this game that I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Um, first of all, the Chiefs uh, did announce that they, they have activated Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, earlier this week, which is interesting, very interesting, because uh, that was an unexpected thing. Um, apparently, they're still... Uh, hoping that McCole Hardman can come back. Um, things are questionable about some of their receivers being able to stay healthy. They lost three receivers to injuries at some points during the Bengals game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and it was their three best receivers. Kadarius Tony is really good, but he can't stay on the field. Marcus Valdez-Scantling is Pretty good with Mahomes under center. Hasn't been able to stay on the field. Juju also got hurt in the Bengals game. Uh, Travis Kelsey was listed as questionable for that game. Like, Mahomes has an ankle problem, and we haven't really seen what it's going to do to him. I hope Chad Henney is ready to come in if need be, because that Eagles defensive line is terrifying. And their secondary is not that much less scary. Um, this banged up Chiefs team, though, I, I don't know, like, I, I, they have pulled miracles out of their butts before, and with Andy Reid as your head coach, Eric Bieniemy as your offensive coordinator, Spagnolo as your defensive coordinator, Chris Jones coming after you, if you're Jalen Hurts, I would have fast feet in that pocket, buddy, like, that man is a scary, scary man. Certainly. So, Christian, the big bad question of the day is who's going to win this game? Oh, I'm just going to – real, real quick, Rylan, I actually – before I talk about that, I am going to talk about the Eagles uh, just for a moment because I did focus on the Chiefs there. Uh, Eagles are – the scariest team, I think, in the NFL right now, um, and this is their year to get it. This is their year that they they can they can, you know, ride to victory. That number one team in the NFL moniker that they've had all season. They were the undefeated the longest. They've been playing well. Jalen Hurts has been playing great. Maybe not Mahomesian, but he played fantastic all season. They've had great receiving, great running, like especially great running, uh, fantastic defensive line play, fantastic linebacker play, fantastic secondary play. They look like the team to beat here. It doesn't feel like it's going to be a close game if you look at it on paper with all the injuries and stuff. And yet, I don't know if they're going to win this game. I really think that they should. Statistically speaking, if you, you put these teams up against each other with all the injuries and stuff like that, and the fact that the Eagles are more healthy and there's a lot of good stuff going on there, Sirianni looks really good, really, really real as a good head coach. Jalen Hurts looks like he has come into his own as a quarterback. They have a fantastic running attack. Uh, Sanders is, you know, scored... So, so many touchdowns. 
that defensive line has, uh, if they get five sacks in this game against Mahomes and the Chiefs, they are the they have the most sacks tied for the most sacks all time in a regular season and playoffs combined with the uh, eighty five Bears. Right. This still doesn't make me confident that the Eagles are going to win. This game feels like it's going to be a coin toss, and I don't often feel this way in Super Bowls. Uh, I, it, you know, last year I was much more confident the Rams were going to win. They barely won, but they they did. Um, most Super Bowls, it feels like there's a heavier favorite than there is this year, but you just can't seem to count out that scrappy Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so moving on to your question that you asked, who do I think is going to win? The big bad question of the day. Well, I'm going to answer this in two parts. Who do I think is going to win? I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be the Eagles. Um, I'll even give you a score prediction. I think it's going to be 27-23, Philadelphia. Interesting. Interesting. Who do I want to win? I really want the Chiefs to win. There aren't a lot of teams where, you know, where I feel like against all odds, this would be the story of the season. Even with the shenaniganery that happened with this conference standings and things like that, the fact that Mahomes' defense is home turf, in a fifth straight AFC championship game on one leg and beats Joe Burrow, who looks so good. And then waltzes into Arizona on one leg still. Maybe it's a little bit better. Maybe it's one and a half legs and beats just the unbeatable team this season. That's a story. That's a storybook ending that I really want to be, but I don't, I can't say that it's going to happen. Like, my sports betting self is an outright win for the Eagles because, even though I'm not a gambling man, but, like, it's an outright win for the Eagles because this team just looks on paper less injured and more talented than the Chiefs team. That's completely fair, sir. Well, Christian, I'm going to go and say the Chiefs with the reverse score at 27-23. That'll be the, the Super Bowl prediction for me. Firstly, I want to say thank you for joining me in the last two weeks over the probably the course of almost uh, four and a half hours. We made up for the fact that you weren't on the show uh, this season by just almost producing five hours of content with you on the show. Um, so thank you once again for joining us on the Sports Report this morning. Uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful Super Bowl experience. I hope everyone enjoys the halftime show, eats as much nachos, chili, hot dogs, burgers as possible. And well, you, you forgot enjoy- wings. You forgot wings. Wings, wings of course. You gotta have them chicken wings. Thank um, you. With all that being said, if you want to listen to more sports reports, Wednesday Night Wallace, Wednesday Night Rewinds, uh, world's funniest podcasts. You can find all of our stuff on social media at WN Wallop. Uh, I, on Twitter, uh, that, that's the Twitter handle, WN Wallop on 
Instagram, Wednesday Night Wallop on Facebook. Look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. That's how you get us there. We are available on Spotify, Deezer, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, pretty much everywhere but Apple. Uh, we're working on that. We're working on that. Christian, do you want to send anyone to your Instagram? Uh, I will send people to my Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is uh, my name, uh, K-R-I-S-T-J-A-N underscore J-O-S-E-P-H. Uh, if you want to at me, come at me. We'll see what happens. But uh, I'm wishing you all the best of Super Bowls. And uh, Ryland, back to you. Thank you so much for uh, enduring almost five hours of football coverage this week, guys. With all that being said, have a good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.